0: The arc's out of my mind. Island 1069 WIISQS. Good morning. I'm Gwen Felosa. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm just going to jump right into this. I'm so excited to have this writer on the show. I met her recently in Key West after the big let- literary seminar. She's, was, she's a journalist, a writer. She knows a lot about food. Cheryl Tan, good morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, is it too early
1: for you? Oh <laughs> uh, well, absolutely not. Actually, when I'm in Key West, I love waking up seven because I wake up with sun. And in New York, it's a little bit sunny today, so I can kind of pretend I'm in Key West. Well, you
0: can you can do that. Now, I met you in Key West. You're a frequent visitor to the island, and I met you at a lighted bike ride during during the holidays at uh, my friend Nan's house. And uh, you you were um, you were you were so excited about it, but you you weren't in the bike ride, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that.
1: <laughs> no, it was amazing, and I had heard about this bike ride for years because I love Nana Mark, and they organize this lighted uh, bike ride where everyone puts on these holiday lights all over their bikes and they wear costumes. And I'd always seen pictures, and I finally got to be there because I was in Key West for a month writing uh, at this uh, Key West literary seminar. Working on my next book, and uh, I happened to be there. And I said, "I've got to come." And so I happened to meet Gwen, and it was great. And I wish I could be a part of it, but I don't ride a bicycle. I- I've never known how. So um, my plan, my goal now this year, is to learn how to ride a bicycle just so I can participate this coming year. I,
0: I was terrified because I haven't ridden a bike in so long, and my uh, friend. You amazing. Thank you, my friend Kevin Asab, who <laughs> you know, he was just mm-hmm. kept checking on me, and I it was I don't know why, but I was scared. So I will also learn how to ride a bicycle bicycle with you in solidarity. (laughs) Um, Okay, hashtag gold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, Cheryl, how long have you been coming to Key West? What brought you? How did you discover it?
1: I've loved Key West for many years. Um, I first went in the late '90s, and I just fell in love with the place. And I kept thinking I would I would love to spend more time there. And then uh, in 2013, I I applied for and uh, got the uh, Studio of Key West residency. And so I was there for a month. This was when it was back on Ash Street, and I loved it. I I, I had the, one of the best writing months I've ever had because I'm from Singapore, and a lot of my, my most of my books are set in Singapore. And, um, and Q West feels a lot like Singapore. So I always tell people, people are like, oh, do you write better in Singapore or elsewhere? And I go to Singapore a lot. My whole family is there. Um, but when I go there, I go, tend to go for research. But it's hard for me to write there because I feel like I'm too close to everything. Like I have to be further away so my nose isn't pressed up against like, the knee of the elephant. Like I can see the whole elephant from further away. And QS is kind of that place for me to really see it because the climate is like Singapore. It's an island. It's hot. There are palm trees everywhere. The, the flowers and the trees are all the same. Uh, we have bougainvillea everywhere in exoras. Um, and it smells the same. It feels the same. So when I wake up, I feel like I'm in Singapore. And so the runway into my novels, it, it's very short in QS. I wake up and I feel like I'm in Singapore. I'm ready to go.
0: That is so great. So you, you were an artist-in-residence at the studios, and now you're in March you are uh, running a couple of workshops. You're doing some events.
1: Yeah, so I have a new book out. It's called Anonymous Sex, and I uh, co edited it with um, with also another Studios of QS alum, Hillary Jordan. And so we're both going to be coming down to QS again. We're so excited uh, to do an event with Books and Books on March 9th. And then on March 10th, I'm going to be doing uh, a workshop. Uh, my first book was a memoir called A Tiger in the Kitchen. It was a food memoir. And so I w- I'm going to be doing a workshop on how to put together a proposal. Like, you have an idea for a memoir, you have an idea for a nonfiction book. How put that together and like sell it like you know turn turn the idea from like you know from an idea into an actual book so that's my workshop and hillary's going to do a workshop on march 11th i believe which is on sex writing
0: I, I, that, that's great and now anonymous sex is a comp, uh, compilation an anthology of short stories and here's the thing we don't know who wrote what story
1: <laughs> that's yes, that's true. So a few years ago, uh, Hillary and I were sitting at a in a French bistro in New York, and we were talking about how much we love reading stories about sex and uh, and sort of classic erotica like D.H. Lawrence, Anne Men, Lady Chatterley's Lover, and we were wondering, you know, what how come why don't we see more of that among contemporary writers today, like literary fiction writers? And we thought, how great would it be if we put together an anthology of literary fiction? that was centered on sex by writers who whose work we love, but maybe haven't written so explicitly about sex before. Um, and then we're like, well, you know, if th- this is not part of what they usually do. How do we persuade them to do it? And that's where we came up with the idea, like, what if we listed their names, had the stories, but we didn't say who wrote which story. So everybody would really have to guess who wrote what. And so that's why the, the book is called Anonymous Sex. And and so it was really, you know, we had the idea, about I would say about seven, eight years ago, and we didn't do anything with it because I was, I would, I would be busy working on a novel, and Haley would be free, or the other way around. She'd be busy, and I would be free. Finally, in the pandemic, we had a phone call. I was sitting in my mom's, in my childhood bedroom in Singapore, and she was in lockdown in Maine. and uh And we said, you know, like now we have time. We, we're both free, so let's just do it now. So we, we it, this this was really a pandemic baby in a way because it was both of us being kind of bored out of minds in lockdown, and going, okay, now we have the time, let's do it. And it turned out. 20, 25 other writers were also you know on board yes. and I, re- very eager to say yes and and so we have 27 writers in the book and
0: now has have people asked you i i have uh, looked through the anthology my friend nan klingener has it because she has every book in the whole world and uh, mm-hmm. i leafed through it and um will you tell me certain ones on on we ba- when we get off the phone who wrote certain ones or is that a secret <sighs>
1: Oh, it's a secret. We all had to sign. <laughs> we all had to sign a contract with Scribner to, that oh. we wouldn't reveal for eighteen months. But um, yeah, and if anyone does, I, I've already said I'm going to have to fly over to wherever you are and I'm going to cut you. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's happening. But, uh, <laughs> but, so but you know,
0: will they'll eventually come out. Sorry.
1: Uh, well, people can reveal after eighteen months, 18 but a lot months. of the writers actually don't want to. They mm-hmm. love kind of the fact that this is a secret and that they hope there. In the panels we've had so far, like some of them have said, I, I hope to take this to my grave because it's kind of fun. Neat that I did this, and that nobody will ever know. And they kind of hope that other writers won't say, like, at, in eighteen months' time, like, "Hey, I wrote it." Because then, once the dominoes start to fall, like, you know, mm-hmm. people are going to be able to guess. So we'll see. But we have some really wonderful writers: Edmund White, um, a, who was a regular Key Wester, mm-hmm. has a story in it. Louise Erdrich, who won the Pulitzer Prize last year, um, you know, uh, Rebecca Mackay, Paul Theroux, Helen Oyoyemi. Uh We have two Booker Prize finalists: uh, G. Tyle, uh, who's based in India. And she goes the Obioma, who's from Nigeria. So it's a very eclectic group, and it's wonderful. It's it's wonderfully diverse in a way. And and you know when we approached them, um, we just we didn't know what to expect. We just said. Hey, you know, give us a sex story between 1,000 and 8,000 words. That's all. And then we started to worry, well, we didn't give any parameters. What if we get, like, 25 stories about bondage? And then the book is all about, you know, one thing. and But it turned out it was so diverse. There's sex all over the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's all kinds of sex. Um, And, you know, we have ghost sex. We have afterlife sex. We have you know, sex among humans, obviously, we have holographic sex, you know, we have sex, um, you know, set in like in uh, all like in Hong Kong, China, like France, you know, America. And it's, it's just wonderful. Everyone just really brought it, I felt. And if you go to the studios of Key West, um, Books and Books has uh, very rare hardcover copies that uh, both I and Edmund White signed because we happen to mm-hmm. be at the literary seminar uh, in January. And, um, and so they happen to have the very first batch of books anywhere in the world. And, uh, and Edmund and I both signed a whole batch for them.
0: That is so great. Well, it's, it's an, a, a very original collection. and uh, Congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. I wanted to, you started out as a journalist, you worked at the Baltimore Sun and then the Wall Street I, Journal. Did you know this?
1: <laughs> I loved the Baltimore Sun and the Journal. I love newspaper reporting, uh, and I know you heard the Miami Herald too. So you understand. and Miami Herald's always been a great paper. Um, you know, I, it's, I really, you know, uh, Oprah, whenever I, I've heard her say a few times, Baltimore grew me up, I kind of feel that way. It was my very first job out of college. and I just loved it. I learned every I learned so many things about writing there. I learned about writing on deadline. I learned about writing fast, I learned about writing clean. Um, you know, and I, I just really love the energy of newspapers. Um, and, uh, and, you know, when I, when I think about my writing days, like I just, th- those were some of my happiest times just being in a newsroom anywhere.
0: But you covered so many things like uh, c- cops and courts, crime, and then fashion and food. I mean, what, what's, how did uh, the, the Baltimore Sun prepare you for <laughs> different yeah. topics?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it was it was there that I really did that whole range of stuff. I started out as a as a cover reporter and doing everything that they wanted. So I worked Sunday cops. I still remember this was back when it was you know Homicide Central, mm-hmm. it, the, you know, hundreds of homicides a year, and I would show up on Sunday by the Sunday cop ship. I would show up at seven a.m. on Sunday and and do my rounds of calling of the cop stations, and they would all be like, "Well, where do you want to start? We had four homicides last night, you know." And and so, I mean, I know it's a terrible thing, homicide's a terrible thing, but in a way, it was. It's, it really taught me about writing, about pathos in writing yes. and just sort of the drama of daily lives and how how one thing can disrupt everything. And, you know, it, and it was it. So in a way, all of that really prepared me for what I'm doing now. Now I write novels, but I'm always sort of thinking about the person and i'm always sort of thinking about the the drama involved at the quiet dramas you know that that you wouldn't expect they're not big things that you might see on a movie screen but you know they're 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 as they're as filled with you know a lot of very moving situations so i think about that a lot and then i went from there i really wanted to write longer features so i eventually moved over to uh the features department um at the baltimore sun and uh but the way i moved moved over was they had a they had one opening, a fashion writer opening, and I was like, I don't know anything about fashion. I've never read Vogue in my life. I said, But you know what? I'm a quick study. Like I I can figure this out. So I went out and bought every single fashion magazine and and I ended up loving it because the fashion world covering it. I mean, it's a circus in itself. So, and so it was, it turned out being a lot of fun to, to write about these characters and the the business and, you know, everybody has to wear clothes. So, you know, that, that was, that it's, it's an important thing, even if it's not important to, to a lot of people. Um, and, um, and so I did that. I ended up That ended up being uh, the rest of my journalism career. I was in full-time journalism for 12 years. And then I m- went on to do that for InStyle Magazine and the Wall Street Journal, too. And it was a lot of fun. I you know, I love journalism. I still do. Um, and I admire journalists a great deal. So, you know, Gwen, like you're like one of my heroes.
0: Well, I'm going to have that embroidered on a pillow that Cheryl <laughs> said that. Thank you. No, it is an amazing. It's hard. It, it, it's draining, but it is a privilege to... To do that. Now, gotta ask about food. Your Instagram is amazing, by the way. Uh, The the food, the the recipes that are going on. But I got a question. I mean, you're in New York City and you frequent restaurants. Do restaurants have secret menus?
1: Some of them do. The, the, these tend to be like the Asian restaurants, the Chinese restaurants, um, and not so much these days, perhaps. Because, but um, when I was in Q. S., you you have a, a Chinese restaurant right downtown on uh, on Fleming Street that has a secret Asian menu, and I found this out recently when I was there for the Q. S. Literary Seminar. And Anywhere I am, like I'm, I've become that lady who like travels with soy sauce because at some point, like I'll crave some, I'll crave like an Asian flavor. And but there, I was staying at the the, the wonderful. Um, uh, uh, Marquesa Hotel, and across the street is this like across the street is that Chinese restaurant. And so, one day when I had a break during the seminar, I went there for lunch. And this restaurant and I have, have a history because years ago, when I was at the literary seminar um, and at the, at the studios of Key West, I went to the restaurant one day, like three weeks into my residency, and I struck up a conversation with the guys behind the counter. And it turned out like we're all from the same part of southern China, like you know, my ancestors, etc. So, we had this nice Conversation and then I said, "Okay, in Mandarin." And I said, "Well, what should I eat?" And they, those guys said, "Don't eat here. Like the food is not good. You won't like it. Go somewhere else." And I was like, "What?" So I never ate there. But on like a few, like last month, I was like, "You know what? I should try it." Like I've thought about this restaurant for years for that reason. So I walked in. It was a different staff, and the woman I was starting to look reach for the menu, and the woman said, "No, not that one." And she pulled out this one from behind the counter, and it was all in it was all in Mandarin. It was all in Chinese, and so. She's like, order from this menu. This is what this one you'll like. So yeah, so there's a secret Chinese menu there. So you should go and you should ask for it. And it's all in Mandarin, but you can ca- ask her like, what's on it. And she's very helpful.
0: I love that story. That is that is that is fascinating. Thank you, <laughs> Cheryl Tan. You are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for for your work, your body of work, your your uh, your novels, your nonfiction, um, anonymous sex editing that. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. And happy birthday, Gwen. Thank you. You're the best.
0: See you on Instagram and see you in Key West. Yes. Bye. 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 And thank you all for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. And uh, the show is a podcast. Um, Also, it's available as a podcast. You can go to Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts. If you just Google. If you just Google, it's too early with Gwen Filo, so that's the whole name, it will come up. And we got about 70 shows up there. I'm going to come back with a look at headlines and your weather forecast. Uh, We're going to play a song first. And this is going out to my friend Kevin. Kevin Assam, Weezer, Island in the Sun. Stick around.